I have so much money. I am so rich. Like a cuckoo. Now, 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 that was a billion dollar baby, but it's not the billion dollar baby we're talking to today. We're talking to Natsune Oki. She is a, a very interesting woman with a uh, background that involves standing up to authorities. I call her the the bad girl of self-development because she stuck it to the man at a young age. She went through the Western business education system and she still said, F you, I'm doing it different. And by the way, what you're doing, I can talk to you in a couple sentences, go into your mind and figure out how you can do it better. That's right. This woman can self-master from a Ferrari uh, and probably a Ferrari in Miami where she's partying. So uh, we're going to get into that. Whatever the images you have in your mind, it's all that and more. We're talking the game of self-domination, self-mastery, and smacking you in the face with Japanese rebellion. Oh, yeah. You'll know what I'm talking about. Natsune Oki is on Open Loops. I consider it an affront to my family that you haven't heard about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain, okay? Let me let me just lay this out for you. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And, and get this, okay, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money, moolah, from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Open Loops, an intellectually escapist podcast for the escapist intellectual. This is for loopers. You're a looper. I'm a looper. It's a show celebrating intellectual diversions as a way of life, frankly. We're talking conspiracies, mysteries, just plain weird. It's got a rightful place here in the three-way... Let, let me uh, redo that again. I, I thought that was going to go really smooth. It's got a rightful place here in the three ring circus of your boundless imagination. My name is Greg Bornstein. I'm your loop master. We're talking mastery today with uh, Natsune Oki. She wrote a book that is coming out. Maybe uh, who knows when you're listening to this, but coming out August 27. She is a host of Life Up Education TV. Uh, she doesn't call herself a business coach or a life coach, though she does those kind of things. Uh, she's, hey, she's very interesting. Very different background uh, than I'm used to hearing um, from people that, uh, you know, do the corporate world thing. Uh, you know what? I mean... 
I I feel like she was like in the corporate world, but was secretly trying to get out and like also trying to manipulate the minds into seeing that she was better than that and also could like, you know, go to a rave while like helping people make multi-million dollar deals happen by getting them in the right mindset. It, it, it's only episode. She, she's interesting. Get ready. Natsune Oki is here on Open Loops. Open Loops presents Natsune Oki from somewhere in the world right now. She doesn't like people to know exactly where she's <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of mysterious. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I, all, I, the thing I do know about you, Natsune, mm-hmm. is that you, you were born and raised in Japan. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And I'm currently in Tokyo. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. You know, Tokyo is one of those places where uh, someone once told me, if you go to Tokyo, Mm -hmm. it's like, uh, unlike any other city in the entire world. Mm, Do you feel that's true? I mean, since you're, you've lived in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Well, pretty much whole life, but I also lived um, in different country. Um, And also I traveled a lot. Um, I say that, I mean, each country has their unique thing to offer um but i do have a lot of foreigner friends who moved to tokyo uh coming from particularly like europe europe a lot of people from europe live here uh they say yeah, yeah, yeah. something similar they're very like fascinated by how the city is uh built because it's very rare to find i guess but the vibe wise new york and tokyo is kind of similar i, I interesting yeah. yeah you know i normally i right now i'm in quarantine but i normally live in new york <laughs> city um and it definitely is sometimes it feels like it's just a big mall People mm-hmm. are just shopping. That's all it can be. And that's why I'm like hoping that Tokyo might still be a place that's still, uh, you know, obviously there is commercialism, but mm-hmm. if sometimes I feel like there's just some more interesting stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, thing, things look different. You're not just going to see like a Forever 21 that looks <laughs> the same in Tokyo as it does yeah. at some mall here. Mm-hmm. So, um, but look, yeah, that's, that's so cool. And you know what? I, the thing that interests me, uh, Natsune, about what you're doing um, mm-hmm. is that, first of all, you are a, would you consider yourself like a business coach, a life coach, kind of both? How I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily uh, position myself as a coach. Uh, I mean, I do it when people ask me to do it. Um, so I never really advertise myself as a coach, but then some people came to me whenever, you know, they had the struggles and I just happened to just help them. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a coach, but I just generally a person with a intent of wanting to help other people. <laughs> yeah. And um, along with that, basically Life Up Education TV lays on that mission and also to educate people to life up people's life. Right. Um, so yeah, to come back to your question, I'm not necessarily considering myself as a coach, but then I want to be the facilitator of learning learning about life and then whatever the form it's gonna be which i chose life up education tv as a media outlet and also the book i'm coming out right uh, yeah show, yeah, yeah yeah um, uh showcase the book for me i mean this will be an audio recording but the game <laughs> of self-domination yes 
it, it has this label because it's like an author copy because my book is launching in the future, like in a two months. Um, but yeah, this is how the cover looks basically. That's so interesting. So, yeah. so self-domination, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, I mean, some people, it's an interesting word, like you're, you're dominating uh, mm-hmm. everything that, I, I guess that is another way, like I definitely feel that in America, domination <laughs> brings up a lot of different people who are like, oh, we need to dominate, kind of makes you think of like capitalism and taking mm-hmm. over a nation, da, da, da. but you really mean mastery like self-mastery. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you consider yourself someone that's self-mastered? And how did you know when you got there? Yeah, to be honest, like I don't necessarily put myself out as master of anything. Like, frankly, in general, in this society, I think it's, it's my opinion, but I think it's wrong. Like, I don't think a person can master something. Like, there's always... Mm. We are a product of ignorant people and period. Like we're ignorant. We don't know what we don't know, right? But yeah. then there's more money to wanting to appear as someone who's authority, who knows it all, right? But in terms of like my stand to it, I do my best and I deliver what I found was helpful and with the hope that it's going to be helpful for other people, right? Um, but then I never really consider myself to be master of something. I'm just individual person who has um, ideas and content around what has been helpful for me in order for me to find my voice regardless of all the noises around me. Yeah. So that makes sense. I, I, yeah. th- I think that's a great stance to have. Um, <laughs> you know, if you were mm-hmm. like, I've mastered everything. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, actually, I, I probably would want to buy your book still. They <laughs> 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 were like, I was the master of the universe. Greg, you want to learn how? Buy this. Uh, I think you'd have a lot less people that would be like, how, who cares what this woman has to say? But I think you leave yourself open to, uh, you know, some uh, sharing some of these things you learn when you can admit that especially also when you frame it as a game um you know some people would look at it as a path some people would look at it as you know you take this step and this step why do you look at self-mastery as why is it a game in your mind like i think this this is applicable for life in general but you know too many people are scared of trying different things too many people are scared of like really you know, exploring who they are, having that really in-depth conversation. And one of the reasons being that they're afraid of being wrong and they just, they don't, uh, people, well, including myself, like I'm not coming from the place of like, oh yeah, they're, they're doing it wrong and I'm the rock star. Like I'm not coming from that. But mm. because I was a part of that community or part of the group, I know how scared I was of like being wrong, right? But then the, really the truth about life the truth about yeah the truth about life is that failure is never about a person the failure is always about event like you don't like whatever you think of who you are is always just a state it's never about about who you are you know Mm. so in that notion like i feel like too many people are taking too seriously of themselves like they're they're forgetting the fact that like your past doesn't define who you are, but then you can always come back from whatever the baggage you have. You can like, it's just a matter of your mindset. Like you can always break that 
limitation within yourself. And the game just felt really perfect for me because, you know, the game, you can like start over again if you fuck up and then you can kind of keep going. Right. Um, So I think we definitely need a little bit of like a courage of like knowing that we might fail, but then at the same time, I don't want people to fixate that on their mindset saying like, I'm so afraid of failing, so I'm not going to try, but rather they should be like, Oh yeah. I mean, if I fuck up, I fuck up. That's it. I'm going to just, you know, do my thing. Like, yeah. So yeah, to me, like once again, like it's a flow. The life is just flow. Life is flow. Like I never want people to be fixated of where they are. They can always get a second chance, third chance, like how severe your failure is. You can always come back up. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious about sort of your journey in this then in terms yeah. of, because I know uh, I was looking at your bio and uh-huh. it looked like you you studied business in uh-huh. America. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Well, business and economics. Awesome, awesome, yeah. awesome. So, and <laughs> and you came from almost being, how did you almost get kicked out? of high school in Japan. What is that story? See, I guess like this also was a significant story that defined who I am today. Like, yeah, I had to either accept. So I was almost kicked out high school student. Um, That's what I I say on the bio. And then, which is very true. Like I was very, very close. Um, I remember like one morning we were called in to this like a meeting, right? Like in front of all the students, like all together, I don't know, like 200 students or something, wow. right? And then we'll go into this room and then they were like talking about me and then saying like, you know, this student might, you know, get kicked out, might not, we don't know. Like, and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> There's no Natsuni, what were you doing? Were you doing, were you doing drugs? Were you <laughs> no, 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 but anyway, so it was <laughs> funny story, but the thing is like at that point I was so lost. Like I, um, I grew up in this Japanese education system where everything was pretty much right or wrong. Like the way they teach, for example, history class, it's never about, so this happened in the history. What, what is your opinion about it? Right. I said like, no, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. Like if you are in Japan, writing an essay is a task that will come probably after you get a job, like, like, for example, wow. I remember my mom, for example, my mom has been salary man for her, her whole life. And then, you know, she's early in, uh, later in 40, um, or middle in the 40. And, you know, she was telling me like how nervous she was that she had to write an essay, just like two, three pages. But, you know, like it was a big deal for her. Mm. That was like a actually the first time she had to face this like a uh, essay assignment. But so this is just to give you the context where, you know, growing up in Japanese education system, like opinion is never asked, like opinion is not valued. What, what value, like how they score their testing system, for example, is to ask you. So in this history, like who were, uh, who was the person who did this and who did that? Like, what year mm-hmm. was it? Like, that was the kind of questions and never essay question. Um, and then, you know, for example, in the classroom also, um, if you say something wrong, you should feel ashamed for. 
like that's the environment they impose right right right, right. Um, so you know I suffered a lot from that like I was always outlier like who thought of different things who had my own opinion and I just couldn't shut up right but then I <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Um, and then I had a lot more curiosity than all these other kids. And I'm sure that they had the same curiosity, but they didn't have the courage to explore it or express it. But I was, in that sense, I was very courageous student. And I just couldn't prioritize other people's opinion over mine. So mm. I wanted to like really, you know, explore what I was curious about. I, I just wanted to like not have a limitation of what I cannot do, what I can do according to what they told me. But instead I just went out there and did everything I felt like I needed to do. And then wow. that basically ended up being like, oh wow, she's a troublemaker. Like she doesn't listen to us and you know it's bad influence on all the other kids who are like listening to us basically. And I think that caused a lot. And then I didn't know better, right? Like at that time, I thought their definition of successful student was all I knew. And I thought I would be failure because that's all these adults were telling me. Like I, I wouldn't never succeed. Like that's what they were putting in my head. Mm. So, you know, but then I, to some level, I just knew that I meant to be someone else. So I decided to, um, you know, go outside of the world where I would be accepted of who I am. Um, and I can define my own success, not according to others. So I, I just knew that I had to get out of here. So I got out. Now, wait, do you think that this, uh, it makes me wonder, did you, were your parents surprised at your curiosity? Like, where did that curiosity of yours come from? Right. I think, um, I think it has a lot to do with also my level, my mom, mother, mm. uh, my, my mom is very international woman. Uh, she's, you know, in her generation, I'm talking about, you know, in her age, also you have to consider that it's Japan. Um, not so many women are working and at the mm. corporate jobs, right? Like it's probably a little bit, uh, America is a little bit more advanced in that sense, but not too much, I don't think. But, you know, in her age, a lot of women are not working. Like, they're all staying mom, right? Staying home mom. But my mom was different. She always had this ambition. She was always very independent. And she, uh, she took me to, you know, different countries. And she taught me, like, you know, being strong woman, independent woman is good. Um, but then all the other moms probably, I'm assuming, were teaching something else because, you know, a lot of yeah. friends of my moms, for example, um, they were staying home moms, you know, they were happy to live in a country, you know, side of Japan, just being happy, small, ha you know, small family, whatever. But then my mom was very curious. Like she always showed me things. Did she get in trouble at school too? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't <laughs> I'm wondering if it runs in the family. I, that's interesting. I, I think yeah. it's, uh, yeah. And I certainly, I mean, look, I am not going to pretend that I am not completely ignorant about all the different ways of Japanese culture. Like we are told here uh, mm -hmm. in the media and through people that, you know, I mean, the, the stereotype 
Uh, mm-hmm. is, you know, like, yeah, rigid system, shame if you don't perform well, a uh, mm-hmm. lot more pressure to be good academically and mm-hmm. not question the the chain of command. Like, you know your role, perform mm-hmm. well, do well, make money, da-da-da-da-da. Um, mm-hmm. Which, uh, you know, and obviously they're creative people and artistic people, and in Japan has a rich uh history and philosophy religious philosophy and spirituality like all that stuff i love and am fascinated by but Mm -hmm. yeah it sounds like what you're describing is definitely a case of where your (laughs) inclination to be different was very much rejected by the system but then Mm -hmm. you end up going to uh the united states as yeah. a foreigner to study business and economics. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering sort of at that point, did was your curiosity more welcome in the United States business educational system you felt? Oh, definitely, definitely, yes. I think uh, it, it definitely switched, right? Like what I was taught uh, how to be good students or how to be a good worker, um, well, even at the educate like in university level, like it was, there was also a gap. Like there was also a gap in the interpretation of, or definition of like how the successful person would act um, in a different system, right? Mm. Um, and yeah, I think I had to suffer a lot for first because you know I wasn't trained to have my own opinion. If anything, I was trained to oppress my opinion. Mm-hmm. So it took me a little bit to come out of that, um, but I. Once again, like I always kind of had that like, you know, natural characteristic that I had my opinions. Um, yeah. So I could navigate through that. And actually interesting thing about, you know, the different environments of, or, well, I guess the different uh, developmental state of Japan versus America in, when it comes to innovation and economics is something I noticed is that like for example america you guys have apple you guys have like all these innovation companies right like snapchat mm-hmm. and like a lot of these like a tech very like you know innovative ideas are born in america and i think it has a very strong tie into how the education is operated in america versus japan because japan we were very strong but if you look at the strong companies our strengths is system our strengths is making things efficiently making things Mm. better so whatever america creates we take that idea and we make it better that's our strengths but we're never the source of innovation we're never the source of creativity um that's kind of interesting yeah 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 uh now did you find that and this is sort of where i'm curious about how this leads to your work in terms of just being uh someone that is into self-mastery i mean did you (laughs) what were some of the things that you started noticing about the mindsets of people trying to succeed in business in America? Like where were the, if you go into business school and you're looking around at your fellow students and you're like, okay, well, these guys are allowed to be more curious and voice their opinions, Mm -hmm. but they don't necessarily feel like they've mastered themselves fully. What, Mm -hmm. uh, what stuff did you start to notice that that made you more interested in sort of going down that self-development route? 
Yeah. So to me, I think, you know, like a being, like there's a fine or similarity in, you know, the more capable you become, the more successful you become in both business and self-development. But then I think uh, the two requires slightly different uh, skills, I think, in order for you to succeed in mm. each side. So, for example, in business, I see a lot of trends in like money today, money tomorrow is overvalued um, rather than like money in long term, right? Um, and then, you know, business is always about you have the authority in voice. You, ha- you have to be the correct one so that follower, you get your attention like from media people whatever right so that's that definitely contributes success for your business but then when it comes to self-development you very much have to have more patience uh you very much have to have more long-term vision of like you know you might like you have to have this character building time where it's okay to lose, you know, in business, like it's all about, um, like in business, people often come out like very arrogant about failure. Like, yeah, you know, the better, you know, the more money you make basically, right? Like the more money you have, the more valuable you are like in business world. But then in life, that's not, that doesn't have to be necessarily true. Like capitalism is the system that imposes the idea of the more follower you have, the more valuable you are, the more money you have, the yeah. more valuable you are. But then that doesn't have to be truth for life. I'm talking about life. And then to me, like, um, to me, both are important. I'm not saying that capitalism is bad because competition is good. Competition is what grows us. And I, I love the capitalism society, but then we should never predicated our uh, own perception of our worth confused with the worst of capitalism, like how you perceive yourself worse mm-hmm. in capitalism, because it's very unhealthy. Like it puts you definitely in the scarcity mindset. And then you're never Interesting. Happy. So what yeah. would you say? I mean, do you, if you were to look at someone and, and, and they were like, okay, well, look, I, I have to keep making more money. I have to keep my business alive, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I, 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 I kind of feel unhappy. <laughs> How do you like look at that person and, and start working with them or unpacking right. their beliefs? So to me, it's all about self-awareness. This is a big chapter. Oh, there is a one big chapter that I talk about. Walking I was going to say, I feel like this is the, the game of self-domination, <laughs> which comes out August 27th, available on Amazon. Yes. Uh, I know you talk a lot. There is something in there about... Uh, I think that's part of the pitch of the book about, yeah, mm-hmm. right at the top, a respected mm-hmm. high paying job that doesn't inspire you, but leaves you with tremendous stress and emptiness inside just to keep exactly. up. Yeah. What, <laughs> is, what do you, so it starts with self-awareness. Go into that. I'm yeah. very curious. So it starts with self-awareness, meaning that, you know, at the macro picture, you cannot be unhappy if you are aligned with your value. Like if you know who you are about, what you believe, what you like to do, like there's this identity circle that I give you the framework for according to 
the quote from the ancient Greek philosopher Aristotle. He says, happiness is virtue activities of the soul. Mm. So meaning that in a long-term perspective, you can never be unhappy if you are truly aligned with your value. Like whatever you do is truly aligned with who you are and what your value that you stand for. Like there might be some times where uh, you might have, you know, self doubts or you might have this like a moment of rejection or whatever uh, the cause is. But then, you know, when you make peace within yourself that your activities, whatever you're doing is aligned with your virtue, then the only way to look at it is really that it is building your character. It is developing you to the direction you want to grow. So to me, I think you're only unhappy because you're saying something that doesn't align with who you are, that doesn't align with what your actual intent is. Yeah. Um, so it's more about like tuning in with who you are. Did that happen for you, Natsune? I mean, did you, was there... Were you know you say you graduated from school doing business? Um, yeah. I actually was very curious. I started looking uh-huh. into what your the billion dollar baby story brand was that uh-huh. I saw was listed on your <laughs> Facebook page. And I'm like, okay, this looks like a good business that you started. <laughs> um, but uh, but before we get into that, I, I do yeah. have questions about that. Did okay. you um, were you like traditionally trying to just start a business, do something, and then? Did you have a moment where you're like, still, I need to align with my value? Or did you start forming that earlier? How did, how did you, what was your self-inquiry like? You know, this is actually pretty interesting too. Like I, like I said, I think one thing um, that is very, um, you know, constant about me is that I'm a very courageous person from very, very young age. I think it comes from a mixture of things, but one other thing is I tolerate with risks very much, uh, very well. And mm. I learned how to welcome failure, embrace failure, um, and then really how to change not my narrative around the failure. So frankly, I mean, I still do get scared, but then I feel like I'm capable of changing my narrative around whatever that pulls me down now but anyway so to come back to your question um i think with that i basically i purposely looked for choices that sounded exciting to me rather than being defense of everything right and then frankly right now i really still truly believe that i got nothing to lose like I mean, as Steve Jobs says, like, I'm already naked. Like, I, a lot of us tend to, um, you know, start thinking, like, having this hallucination that we still do have something to lose. But in the end, like, really, you, you might die tomorrow. Like, really, like, you might die yeah. in 10 minutes. Like, really, we don't know, right? So, to me, like, I always had that somewhere in, inside. So, that decision took me to part of that decision actually took me to Miami. Right. And then, you know, it just didn't make any fucking sense of me moving there. Like I was just like a pure, just curiosity. Um, yeah. Just like when I moved to America and then in that culture, I also found myself a lot 
like from the change of environment, you know, like there was something attractive about that culture of, you know, about the culture. And then one other thing I noticed was that um, I definitely see it as a positive experience where I had, I got to learn things that I needed to learn, which was how to be okay to be desperate, how to be okay with being look yeah desperate and i'll tell you what i mean yeah what do you mean by oh. that <laughs> i don't know anybody like, that would what? seek yeah <laughs> i don't know anybody that would seek out that experience <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so that's what i mean like i you know i was just so comfortable of where i was i felt like i was so safe I never really came out of that like safety ness, you know, but then when it was just so hard with like lots of uncertainty and just like so much trigger of me just falling down at any point, right? Like I was at that extreme. I wanted to put myself in that extreme state uh, because mm. in those moments when you are so desperate like literally you don't care anything. The only thing you're caring about is how to survive next day or like how to survive in that situation. Right. Wow, and a yeah. lot of people are, a lot of people look down to that, but then you do need this eagerness. You do need this toughness. You do need this, like a real hard work ethic skill if you really want to be leader. And then I know, I understand that's not the situation everybody wants to end up in once again. But then one other thing I talk about in my book, for example, is it's uh, how to create mental transformation in three different phases. The first phase I talk about how people actually need the desperation and inspiration both combined together. Because mm. you need the desperation in a sense that you need to be fucking disgusted about where you are right now, like how... Uh, what you're performing right now you need to be like oh my god like i'm just disgusted about where i am today right now in my life and i really need to change i have no other option like because people kind of commit but sort of commit and they still come up with you know all these different options and they're like eh, i'm not sure maybe i'll do it maybe i not no yeah. like when you are desperate in the states like all you need to hear is like you're fucking up you need to like really do uh, have to do something about it right like that's when people really gain the courage to commit to something oh my but gosh what was happening in miami what were you doing <laughs> this basically what you're telling me is that you were doing some crazy things in miami <laughs> i'm no, telling but, you uh, what, me, what, what, cool. uh, can you give me an example of what you then mean by because miami yes when i think people are going to move to miami out of curiosity my first thought is you just want to probably go to nightclubs every night, become mm -hmm. Instagram famous, meet celebrities, and just have mm -hmm. very little responsibility whatsoever. Mm -hmm. um, at least that's what I would want to do. Um, <laughs> so when you stay desperate and you went to Miami, I mean, does that mean you didn't have a job and you were just exploring? Like what was, you don't have to go into the full thing, but what was an example of you meeting that desperation? Um, yeah, no, it's, it's just the moment. It's actually accumulation of different things. I just kind of came to Miami story because that was a time where like, for example, okay, I'll give you one story. Um, 
um, you know, so when I went to Miami, yes, I didn't like plan anything. I just kind of like went in and then I knew that mm. there was something interesting about it. And that the something interesting I wanted to learn was that I was really like money driven at the time. I thought, I thought, well, coming, coming out from the American education system, like a business system, once again, like capitalism is all about like being dominant, like you need to be the correct one, you need to make a lot of money, like these are the definition of success, right? right. So, you know, I saw that in that environment, and I already liked the place a lot. I already been there many times. So I thought, okay, why, why don't I just go there and figure out? But once again, like it was just the first, I don't know, few weeks, first few months, like it was just so hard to the point where I had to move from one place to another in a matter of week. And then it was just like, I thought it was like crazy, right? Like I, I thought, shit, like I should have really like just planned it. I should have just like went for this, like, you know, safe. And it's Miami is very expensive. Yeah, exactly. So what happened there was that I started kind of exploring my other option, like in very inside of me, I knew I made the right decision, but I was still kind of like a self-doubting phase still at that point, because I mean, look at my life right now. Like I'm a total loser. Like, I don't know anybody here. I'm, I don't have any connection. I don't even have a job. Like I don't have nothing. Like <laughs> look at me. Right, like, right. Right? So I was like constantly having to fight with my, uh, with my own self-talk in that position. And what happened was I, once again, I started exploring my other option, which was I kind of started doing the job search in Tokyo. And then like, for example, in Tokyo, like I would be perfect candidate for pretty much any job because, you know, I speak English and I have American education and whatever. And, right, right. Um, you know, so as soon as I started searching, I literally found something um, like next day. And then this company is like a super, super, like it's, well, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a corporate that's, uh, being invested by SoftBank and it's like very, very big corporate yeah. um, growing corporate. And then I was coming to the last interview and then actually I had an interview with the former CEO of Uber Japan. And I was like, holy shit, I don't know what I'm going to talk to him, right? Like, I don't know <laughs> what kind of conversation is going to take place. And yeah. then he started asking questions. And one of the questions that I brought up was, so why did you go to Miami? And I literally went blank. Like, I didn't know how to answer that question at all. Like, mm. I knew why, but then I couldn't word it out. Like, because it wasn't corporate appropriate answer, right? So yeah. I basically didn't nail the last interview and I didn't get it. Um, but I was so thankful that didn't happen to me, to be honest, because at that time I really didn't know how to word it out. But the thing I needed to learn was that instead of going that easy route, uh, I really needed to put myself in a situation where I was desperate and I had to be okay with that. I had to like, I mean, the textbook within the organization, everything, has, you know, right or wrong and, you know, everything according to textbook, right? But then 
when you come to the market, when you're actually leader, there's no right or wrong answer to anything. Like、mm. the only thing you can rely on is yourself, your mindset, your capability. Your like you need to create everything. Everything is on your fault. And then in that very harsh environment, can you actually survive through? Like, is your mindset good enough to survive through that, fight through that, right? And to me, I felt like I needed to have a grasp of it. Like, I felt like I was still brought up in a very like a safe situation where I didn't necessarily have to deal with that. Still, you know. But then it took me directly to the point where. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, but then at the same time, I still had to find my own way. And then there's no textbook for that,、um, and it's still like playing at the smaller scale. But then you know that's really the same principle applies for life, really. You know. Yeah. So, so, so are you saying that you ultimately are? I mean, <laughs> would you have wanted that? Japan Uber job, or did you? I was an Uber. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you did you、yeah. want did you want that job that you were uh, uh, did a better job than come across your path after where you were able to speak the words about your experience more? Like, how did you get from desperation that moment where you couldn't talk about Miami to your next success in your life? Um. How did you? Sorry, can you repeat? <laughs> I guess. I guess I mean like so. So you said that was a good experience for you. Yeah. What、mm-hmm. was then not getting that job?、Um, what was then the next big thing where you? What was it that caused you to look back and realize that was good that I didn't do that job? And it was okay、mm-hmm. that I was desperate in that moment. Like, what was the next win for you, where you could look back and see that with a better, higher perspective? Yeah, I think,、um, I think a lot of us tend to have this ego that we deserve something, but we don't deserve shit. Like, the thing is, the faster you realize that we don't deserve anything, the faster、mm. you can divorce your ego and you can actually take action. But At that point, I still felt like I was—I deserved something. Like at that point, I still thought, "Well, I have this like all these things in behind me, and I'm supposed to like be this way, or I'm supposed to be certain way, right?" Like I had that expectation of myself. But then, the thing is, you don't deserve or you don't mean to be anyone. But in reality, is you create someone you. Want to become or someone who you are,、mm-hmm. um, so that really humbled me down, and really also at the same time it really unlocked myself from being in this box of like, well, I want to do this, but then I need to stay within this lane. From going that,、uh, going from that to really realizing, well, shit, I really don't deserve anything, like. The only thing I deserve is my inspiration. My inspiration. I'm gonna work like I. Aside from all my, you know, pressure of having to perform for other people, I'm gonna completely abandon that, and then I'm just gonna completely focus on my growth. I'm gonna just completely focus on my, my inspiration. And so, the thing is, like, you know, I made the move. I made the decision of moving. To Miami once again, like without 
being able to explain it to another corporate adult, I, I saw it as a point of failure, but then I really rewired that narrative because now I'm just really glad that didn't happen because now I really don't care about having to prove my reason to that person. But then I just followed my path. I just followed what was speaking to me loud and I just did it. And then from that, I had to face certain consequences I probably didn't have to face if I chose another route. But then from that, I became so much stronger. And instead of focusing on like what would go on my resume or what would, you know, sort of look good on other people's eye, I just purely focused on how capable can I become from this experience? How can I, how capable can I become from being desperate? How, like how much ego can I just leave behind being desperate, like looking like stupid, like looking like, you know, somebody who's just figuring out. Right. But then she's at least true to myself. Like I'm at least true to myself and I'm building Mm -hmm. my own journey. Right. So I really like was able to leave that all that ego behind of hallucinating that I deserve something because I really don't. Yeah. Um, what about what's going on with you then right now? I mean, you have this, uh, you have a channel, YouTube channel, uh-huh. you're, you're doing shows, you've got, you've written a book, which is a great yeah. idea. I mean, I think- <laughs> and, to, and to, in the sense of what you're talking about, like forging your own path, you've created something <laughs> in this world that isn't a corporate, like, uh-huh. you know, you, you don't, it, of course it's not corporate because you're, if you're working for a job, you're not going to have time to write a book. Um, probably, mm-hmm. uh, unless you, you can find it creative, <laughs> I suppose, but but I guess my question, Natsune, is this. Would you, what would you, how does your life now fit mm-hmm. in to what your friends and family back in Japan, which you are in Japan right now, but do they look at you <laughs> like, what is she doing? What is this? What is this? <laughs> what is this book? Like, what is her life? What has she done? Um, yeah. You know how great it is, but w- w- what do people, what are people thinking of all this? Uh, like, honestly, I spent zero time thinking about that. So I wow. really So that's know. where you are. Yeah. Like, I don't know what, like, yeah, I really don't know. Like, I, like, honestly, like I stopped playing the game of like, you know, voting for who's in which side, like that's not really important to me. I'm not interested in defensing, uh, defense. I'm interested in growth. So mm. I really stopped caring about like who's right or who's wrong because I talk, this is something I talk about in my book, but really there's no, it's your thinker that does that. But then the truth of the reality is things don't necessarily have meaning, like tree. Like, for example, if you say, you know, you are this and that to, to a tree, a tree wouldn't attach any meaning to that statement. You know what I mean? So the thing is, like, right. I mean, it's just your thinker who's doing it. The truth of the matter is there is no right or wrong answer. So what's more important for me is growth. Like, I, I just want to focus on creating my stuff, like doing my thing. And I just want to grow in the direction that's going to make me happy. 
And if people have opinion on that, like, that's okay too. Like I respect that because that means that I have my own thing and they have their own opinion and that's it. Like, I don't necessarily try to recruit them to my side because if I'm creating something good, they'll know later on. Like people have to hate you before they become your fan, for example. So yeah, I I don't necessarily care about what people think of me of doing whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think that's such a um, higher level way to think about things. Are you, who is really, uh, I, so you're, so you're, you're, you, you consider yourself more of like a educator, I suppose, influencer, uh, sharing these ideas than a coach. I mean, do you do, do people bring you into their business still? I mean, you said that people started coming to you. Let's talk about mm-hmm. that. I'm sort of curious. When yeah. did people start mm-hmm. talking to you, asking for you for help with things? Like how did that part of your life start? I think, um, I think people come to me when they fail, <laughs> right? But I mean, that's yeah. that's my expertise because I. I How do they find you? How do they know to find you? Sorry, I, I like when they fail, are they like, where's that Natsune? I remember her. Like, how do yeah. they, how do they know where, where you yeah. at? Well, a lot of those happen from my past uh, connections. Like, I right, worked right. here with. A, com- a CEO of a company here. Um, and then he deferred me some people, but basically it's all deferral based right now. Um, but basically what was happening was he, um, I had, I basically, you know, he's just a friend at that time. So I just happened to just be, be with him because, you know, we were best friend. And then I just kind of like worked him through some hard times but it, and it, without any intention, I just like, I was there, be present with him. Um, and then I was kind of like really dewiring his self-talk and then the way he was communicating to himself. And then he was in a very difficult position because he's a leader, he's a CEO and, you know, he has employees to feed. He, you know, he had to get sales, but he also had to like, you know, solve this internal uh, conflict also with his personal life whatever and I'm not gonna share everything because uh, of course, of of course. but the thing is like he was in some tough situation and you know he was basically started blaming on himself for uh, doing that because you know he's a high achiever and high achiever tend to blame on themselves right but that's never a good idea like you just needed to be willing to start from where you are and make a small incremental changes and then I was just there to kind of communicate that with him and then I navigate his self-talk through and really change the perception of when you are in a position and when you are like feeling like you know very overwhelmed you feel you kind of start feeling like losing control and then you're becoming victim. You become victim, even if you're a leader. So I mm. really changed that narrative and saying like, Hey, like, you know, things don't make you feel anyway, but you're deciding to feel that way. So this is why all this is happening. So why don't we start from taking control over things that that's going on with you? And then, you know, really definitely let's change your perception about who you are, like change the narrative around the failures or like what's in front of you that's hard for you right now. And then we'll just start from there, like work one step at a time and don't try to go from A to Z. Like this is the 
blueprint you have right now that's why you're struggling so much but then you know you just have to start from where you are don't blame on you don't punish yourself just start from where you are and just do what we can do and then we'll work from there and then basically i kind of did that for a few months and then he definitely like he made a significant change in his life in the uh, wow. business so he basically kind of like started referring me to other people that he knows um business leaders he knows and then from there, I kind of like started talking to some people. But once again, like it was never attempt of like me wanting to be a business, uh, business coach or anything like that. But then it kind of sort of happened. Um, and from there, I mean, just like probably just how I communicate daily, like any people who are in trouble or who feel a little bit down, like they just come to me like for Mm. I don't know, boost of motivation or something, but <laughs> I just tell yeah. them what I think and that's it. I mean, you are, you are very, uh, well, you, you've ref, I mean, I've seen your TikTok videos where you, you have videos <laughs> with like Tony Robbins and Gary yeah. Vee where you're responding mm-hmm. to them. Um, so all and, and you reference Aristotle, you have quotes, uh, in your book from some of the great thinkers. I mean, you're mm-hmm. obviously a well-read, well-researched and curious person. Uh, do you think what, what happened first? Like, did you start re- when you when you said rewiring? Mm-hmm. Um, was that just something that naturally was inside of you that came out? You think as a result of you confronting desperation, or were you already starting to take in ideas from other great leaders and just it just sort of came out? Like, where do you think that ability to talk to a CEO like that just came from? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a mix of thing too. I think also um, my parents and like from many years ago um, has been entrepreneur. A lot of my past ancestors has been entrepreneurs. So mm-hmm. I think I kind of had that gene inside of me too of like nothing is impossible. Like, you know, like um, so I I still kind of have my voice in that. But once again, like I'm also still like a learning, developing all the time. And I'm not willing to stop anytime. Like, I mean, even if it doesn't matter if I become like 80, 90 years old, like it doesn't matter. Like my inspiration doesn't stop uh, at, at that point. Like I'm always like, for example, this one quote, um, Bill Gates said, he said, success is a lousy teacher because success makes smart ones um that they cannot fail Mm. so meaning that the moment you fix your mindset the moment you hallucinate that you achieved somewhere uh, that's the moment you lose you're not no longer adaptable you're no longer innovative you're no longer like capable of accepting new things so to me like i'm still growing right like and then i'm not planning to stop anywhere anytime um, but yeah, so I think it's accumulation of both things. I listen to a lot of other great leaders, but um, I very purposely watch what I take in. Um, and also mix of like coming from that voice of, you know, uh, generations ago of, you know, being entrepreneurial. Would you say you are then the billion dollar baby story? 
Hey. <laughs> are you? Yeah. Are you yeah. like, we have billions and billions of dollars from your entrepreneurial family and you're the baby. <laughs> um, is, what is, so, so it looks like it's a, it's a fashion brand. Is that just a, yeah. one of the businesses you started? Yeah, it's, it's one of the business I started. Actually, I'm not necessarily working actively on that anymore. Um, I actually have another thing. It's called Foreign Connect right now. Oh. Um, so that's the new um, thing I've been kind of working on. But beyond that, a baby story, I, uh, I was sitting close. And then the idea was that I uh, basically, um, you know, I still want women to be the best that uh, we can be, like the best possible um, as a woman. But I also wanted the woman to be content oriented. So mm. like, you know capitalism basically the message that they send out uh, which i kind of had to experience this myself is the bigger your boobs is the bigger your ass is uh you know the more perfect your face is whatever is your value right um and i still like i don't say that that's bad like it's fun it's fun to be that way like that's I, miami yeah, and then like as a woman, you should always try to look attractive, right? Like not for other people, but for yourself. And then, I mean, depending on whatever the definition of attractiveness is, but for me, I had the idea of what looks attractive to me, personally, just for me, and not any other men or not any other people. But thing is, I wanted to encourage girls to look attractive the way they are that they the way they find attractive is mm. and then at the same time i want i didn't want that to predicate it well i i didn't want that to measure their value like i still wanted the woman to be the best version of themselves which was to be attractive but also to be smart to be content oriented to be um like you know yeah much more content driven person than what the world teaches you to be so i kind of wanted to get that attention of like you know attractive girl whatever but then in behind if you like for example read my brand description and everything like i also talk about like you know your beauty is not only defined by your look but also like let's focus on developing both like you don't have to be one or the other like let's focus on developing both so that yeah, was the yeah message. bringing the mind in too yeah um yeah 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 that's that's kind of cool i, I well <laughs> it's, that's awesome that you were involved with that um yeah. yeah and of course you know once again i mean look i i i'm definitely going to check out your book uh first of all natsuni oki she mm -hmm. has Life Up Education TV on YouTube, mm -hmm. lifeupeducationtv.com. Uh, we'll link to your Facebook page, Instagram, your TikTok, and <laughs> <laughs> your book coming out is The Game of Self-Domination, uh, yes. which is coming out, I believe, August 27th Yes. Uh, on Amazon. Very exciting. You already have some great reviews coming in, uh, mm -hmm. like editor and uh, people <laughs> yeah. who I, I must have worked with you. I mean, that's pretty uh -huh. great. How do you yeah. feel about that? No, I, I'm happy. I think um, so far, um, a lot of the views that I got gave me good insight, um, insight of, of my book. So I actually went back and fixed a few things. These are all the reviews from my beta, uh, better readers. Right, um, right. So, and I think it they seem to like how 
new information is, how unique and original the information is uh, inside. Uh, for example, one of the things I included is this matrix that they, uh, people can use in organizing their life and also just organizing their tasks. So basically, it's made by five different concepts. The first one comes from a famous Italian engineer. Second one comes from British economist. The third one comes from another corporate strategy that was used by McKinsey, Misi principle. And then the fourth one comes from Toyota, the uh, manufacturing. And then the finally, the fifth one comes from this matrix that the US president, 34th, I think, president was using to organize his day. So basically, what all this is saying is that I developed this, this matrix that people can use, like practically, to really organize their uh, way of communication in their head when it comes to task manage, management, like how to create efficiency and effectiveness in your execution plan, mm. but also like to really apply that in the way you communicate within yourself. So, wow. I think it'll be something interesting. Um, That's very interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think your workflow is directly, and this is what I'm working with my life coach right now on uh, developing a workflow that is a direct reflection of the way your brain works and Mm -hmm. the way you communicate with others and yourself. It all can tie together in a way that uh, is efficient. And like you said, Japanese culture, they (laughs) business culture, they they think in systems, they take the inspiration in America and Mm -hmm. uh, they systemize it. So, um, you know, hey, I'm I'm happy to have your unique perspective uh, Mm -hmm. from Japan to American business school, you're bringing in all different kinds of thinkers. Um, and I, I, I look forward to checking out the book, uh, The Game of Self-Domination. Natsuni Oki, thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you very much for having me. I had a lot of fun today. Absolutely. Thank you. LifeUpEducationTV.com. You can get a free sample of the book right now. Uh, Natsune, I hope to have you again and take care of yourself. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye. Well, did you master yourself? I think I did. I think I self-dominated. You know what I mean? Like, like, it, it sounds very harsh, right? It's like, if I'm gonna, you know, I, I think it's because of that Americanized, like, like, domination has to do with dominatrix. And it's like, if you're self-dominatrix, then like, what fun is that? Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I mentally, like, destroy myself for no pleasure every day. Oh, boy. Wow, I, I, I hope I'm not, like, tainting Natsune's message over here by all, all of a sudden talking about, like, being a self-dominatrix. Um, but self-domination is very important, especially if you want to dominate this world. Look, dominating the world starts with self-reflection. It's a theme that comes up frequently in open loops. The idea being that you can search for all these fantastically escapist things, but uh, if it didn't start inside you first... I mean, it's not going to appear out there. 
So even though, you know, at the end of the day, my escapism and hoarding books and knowledge and bringing people on the show to educate me is probably related to some sort of pathology, I know deep down the truth, and you do too, that somewhere in the inside of you, there's a place that needs attention and needs tuning into, and if you can master that, you too can put on a dress, put on some lipstick, party in Miami with Will Smith in the mid-90s. And then, if you're like me, you can even go to a, a creative arts camp when you're 10 years old and, and dance to Miami by Will Smith in front of the audience. And my gosh, if you can remember that and, and still not want to kill yourself completely, well, that's got to be a level of self-dominance and mastery. Natsune, thank you for being on the show and inspiring me. Pick up her book, The Game of Self-Domination, coming out August 27th. And hey, if you like this talk about weird, freakish self-domination uh, or any sort of weird freakishness in general... <laughs> It's open loops. It's it's a podcast. It's something I do. I, I, I just like having fun conversations with people. Um, and I like learning about, you know, people that come from different people that have uh, mastered the minds. If you want to uh, learn more about me, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you anything. You don't deserve that right now. But you know what you do deserve? You deserve me pushing you to like, subscribe, leave a review, go to Apple, and, uh, you know, rate this podcast. It always helps. Um, I'll, I'll let you guys know a little bit about me, okay? You're going to know more next time. Uh, the end of the episode is filled with so much rambling. It's so, you know, I'm not going to stop doing these at like 1 a.m. Well, anyways, hey, I'm on Japanese time. It's the morning over there. All right, guys. Been a pleasure. Ladies, also been a pleasure. Uh, not identified. Also been a pleasure. Um, hey, we'll talk soon. Love you all. Say goodnight to the billion dollar baby. Good night, Bye.